one. That was my Mrs. Doubtfire, but it wasn't very good. Hello! Drive-by yeah. fruiting. Yeah, brother. Um, <laughs> and welcome to Frame Rate, the show where we rate frames. That's Abe Epperson. I'm Michael Swaim. Yep. We like movies here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and <laughs> today we're talking about a very funny movie. I'll spoil that. Um, and we have a very special guest. Who more perfect to discuss noises off than our resident theater kid, Sarah Griffith? Welcome, it's me. Sarah. Hey. I have a theater degree. Uh, Clap. Clap I louder. I flowers. I'm a hero. Society has deemed me a hero because I have a theater degree. <laughs> I have a theater degree and no one calls me a hero. We are more valuable to society than firefighters. That's true because art. What is fire if not art? What is art if not the fire that stirs our hearts? I'm always um, saying that. <laughs> First of all, before we dive in, we got to thank Jane. Thank you, Jane, who picked this flick for us. Uh, I was tickled with this pick. Sometimes I'm like, ooh. I don't know what to say about that movie. No, but this, this was one, a was great like, job, assignment. Jane. Yeah, very fun assignment. So thank you, Jane. If you want to pick a flick, you can patronize us over at patreon.com slash smallbeans at the pick the flick level and help determine what we cover next on frame rate. But uh, I think let's just dive in. We're talking about what year? 1992's Noises Off, starring Carol Burnett, Michael Caine, John Ritter, Christopher Reeve, among others. Directed by Peter Bogdanovich. And uh, on this show, we usually dive in by asking the guest, Sarah, what's your relationship to this show? Had you seen it? Have you performed in it? It's it's often done as a play. Yeah. I saw it I, in high school. Yeah. I, I actually didn't know that there was a film adaptation of this play because this is a play. Like, this is something to see at the theater. Um, actually, like so many of the notes that I took were just like, wow, what a difficult play to adapt for the screen. Like there are mm-hmm. some plays where it's like, okay, you know, you can kind of get away with it. This is like very inside baseball, very theater. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, I'm just like in general, I'm familiar with this play the same way that all theater people are familiar with Les Mis. Like, don't fucking quiz me on it, but like, yeah, I know Noises Off. I've seen a production of it. I haven't done a production of it. I know this is a play that high schools and colleges like to do, but this is a play that is done really, really poorly unless you have great actors and a great budget. And most educational theaters have neither of those things. So, um, <laughs> Cool to see the way this was adapted for the film. And I thought they actually did a really great job. Yeah, it's uh, I saw it in high school and I got to say I was dreading it at first because if people are unaware, it's a farce. And I usually find farces boring or or like cloying, really stupid, Um, because, you know, a farce is defined by. A bunch of coincidences and miscommunications, and you can only go so far with that. But this is a meta farce, and I was so blown away when I first saw this performed on stage, because it's almost like a magic trick. Um, Basically, the first act, you see a play go very poorly, and then the second act, you see the same play go poorly, but from backstage. And then the third act, you see the play again from the front, but everything that you know about what's going on backstage is now informing what's at the front. So it's like a farce, but it's someone who said, I'll, I can do a triple farce. I can do a farce that's so complex. It's like a Swiss watch. Yeah. Uh, I really love it. I love it for the same reasons I sort of love Arrested Development, which is the, the precision. Uh, Abe, did you yes. like it? Yeah. I mean, I saw it like <clears throat> I think both of you, I saw it in high school. There's a high school production that did it. And it was pretty good. I mean, it's like the whole idea is that it's revolving doors. Like the play within the play is that like they're designing a thing where two couples and several others never really see each other. And so as things fall apart, there's there's elements of the play. There's like when it goes poorly that it's like I'm looking at a thing like a bag and I'm like, there is no bag. And it's just like, oh, so it's that it, it has gone that poorly. Like this is the word. It's the most bomb play that you can think of. Um, and that also worked on me. And I'm yeah. also with Michael about the, you know, like, I don't know what I ca- like call them. Like there's a mid Atlantic kind of aspect to, which is like, like late in the game. Like or a this cheesy is, British farce is always yeah, goes down. Uh, yeah. 
because it was made in like 1982. That's when the play was written. So it's a reaction to some of those plays like from the 30s, 40s, you know, like when I think of like Abbott and Costello doing like if you've seen Who's on First, at mm-hmm. one point they all they both announce at the same point like third base, you know, and it's that kind of and stuff where and everyone goes ape shit. That's the big that's like Gaffigan yeah. saying hot pockets. <laughs> and Noises Off has that. They have times where like for no reason they're supposed to be in character not as the characters they're supposed to be the actors are supposed to be playing themselves as the actors Mm -hmm. and they're like glug 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 all in unison and it's like what is this who would do this this is a silly thing to do or the woman who loses her her contact lens in the exact same way at the exact same it's like the arrested development shot where the policemen rise up and beat the guy with the nightstick and it's always the same (laughs) right but i yeah that's the stuff i love is the precision of like and then you do that bit and then you do that bit and there's just no fat to it And it's really tight because of the revolving doors aspect. So you're always like, oh, I'm looking to the right. I'm looking to the left. In a lot of ways, it's the most directed play I've ever seen because the play itself is using stimulus from different aspects of like the stage to call to your attention, you know, a hundred times a second. Yeah, I mean, the stage, the doors on the stage are characters in the play. Yeah, exactly. Like when when you do this on stage, like the props, this like the inanimate objects are also playing a role because they are oftentimes the punchline to what is happening on stage. Right. Yeah, and in fact, too many props is one of the things that is the foil of like everyone's day. There's sardines and and stuff and such. Right. Well, that's the most Abbott and Costello bit is when they orchestrate it such that she has to go get sardines like five times because they keep getting swiped or moved. Or she finally comes back and the sardines are back and she's like, I got sardines. Oh, there's sardines already here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also love all the sexy like this is also very 80s, 90s. The sexy Britishisms, almost like what austin powers makes fun of you know it's like john Ritter at one point is oh yes we'll just manage to fit it in and she's like oh and it's like i mean we'll just do it and she's like right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh man well, each of the actors has a, and it's double because behind the scenes the you get to know the actors foibles as actors as people but each character in the scripted play which is called nothing on nothing on which i think that's actually very funny yeah nothing on noises off um the uh each character has a bit a very specific bit so like ritter is constantly that's what she said or you know like accidentally yeah. doing innuendo and then stumbling over it and then christopher reeve is constantly saying he's dumb and like self-deprecating i thought that he, was an interesting game he is great in this this game I mean, yeah everyone, like carol burnett everyone's doing high octane shit but it's like i didn't not expect that from from superman uh, from superman <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like uh i need to go back and watch christopher reeve movies that aren't superman because that's really all i associate him with and he killed him i this. know and i actually kind of thought like such a shame because i you know would have loved to have seen like i could picture he now would be one of those actors that would have like a few oscar noms maybe like oh act, like maybe like what brendan fraser is getting now or like any other kind of those like mm. michael keaton actors where you know we knew them for you know this and that and the other thing but then oh they're actually great performers underneath that and yeah christopher yeah, reeve you could is see incredible a christopher reeve come back yeah for sure uh although and john ritter personally is like my king of comedians he's so deep in my mm. heart i i as soon as i not saw john ritter was in it i was in john ritter can do no wrong to me and he slays in this it's such a that's like the most michael swaim thing ever it's just like, to love john the, ritter the fact that you're a john ritter head that's just amazing oh bad santa man john ritter and bad santa <laughs> uh i love that he like it's weird because I'm not as exposed to John Ritter as you are. Three's Company is the main jam. But him sexually frustrated and horny all the time is hilarious to me. 
Well, yeah, because his thing in this is his front stage character is constantly getting flustered by accidentally doing innuendo, and his backstage character is straight up doing innuendo because he wants to fuck. <laughs> Can yeah. we say also, every, they're all monsters, right? Especially in Act 2 when they're like sabotaging each other and like well, trying forgot, to kill each other. Michael Caine impregnates one of his actors. <laughs> yeah, the A stage manager, AD. They say Poppy is an assistant stage manager, but from what I saw, she was more like a stage manager slash assistant director, but whatever. Right. I'm not going to get into semantics of who does what in the theater. <laughs> well, this is the first time I looked it up and the first time I knew what noises off meant, which I don't know how I navigated my whole theater career. No one ever said noises no, off. No, that's not. I don't think that's an American term. I've never. I mean, I knew just based on the context of the play that noises off was like quiet backstage. But I know that like in England, they have certain phrases on set and in the theater that like we don't do like. Yeah. um. What's the like corpsing? We would call that breaking. Oh, oh, interesting. Because it's like when you when you laugh during a take, you've killed the take, Mm -hmm. so you've corpsed it. So like that's one corpsing is like laughing or like in like I I know they say check the gate, which is their way of like that's in America too. Oh, we said that too. Well, I mean, I, it's not a theater term that I'm aware of, but it's a film term for sure. Uh, checking the gate means check to make sure that the gate of the film plane is not obstructed or there wasn't some fucked up thing. So we can know that that was not a false take. Back in the day before there was digital, there was a physical apparatus, right? Um, mm. But checking the gate, is that a theater term as well? Because that's no, no, like no. I just know specific. this is what I, I mean, when it comes to theater and television for the Brits, I'm like, it's one and the same. Um, yeah, for sure. But no, yeah, no, they just have like a few things that they say a little bit different. And yeah, noise is off. I've never, ever, ever in an American theater heard anyone. And that wasn't even a part of like my deep theater education. So this must be like not just a British term, but maybe even like an old timey British expression. Yeah, because I always heard quiet backstage, which is not hard to say. <laughs> quiet no, backstage. No, hard to say. Yeah. But like, like I don't know, any, um, any, there's like a chant in filmmaking, right? Like there's a, always a like ritualistic weird yeah. thing that we do that we all kind of follow to be a part of, like to be a uh, cog in the system and to respect the system, right? Well, like, a film set is the most, I always cracked most, wanted to yeah. write a sketch where all the film lingo is wrong, but wrong, but similar to real film, film lingo. Cause like an <laughs> apple box can be called a pancake, uh, light yeah, can yeah, be yeah, called this... a baby. So you're like, bounce this baby off a pancake. And that means something. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's all kinds of weird slang in film yeah. and theater. Yeah. I love that. Noises off has always been a play to me that I connect to high school, not just because I watched it there, but I always thought it was like, it's the perfect play. It's like designed for high school performers, right? Oh, and see, I think like that is the surface level view of it. But I think like at its core, you have to have a good fucking theater department. It has to be good. That's why, because theater kids want to be thought of like, we're the good ones, you know, that's everybody. So they try the... That's why we do Shakespeare, right? Like it's like let's. Right. Well, we do. Aim okay, I, I'm I'm so sorry to theater explain to you guys, but I'm I'm I am putting on my hat. <laughs> People do Shakespeare because it's free. Oh, uh, but there's a bunch of other free authors. Like what? We're not putting on, you know, Marlowe plays. We're not. I mean, you're putting on shit, uh, right? Metamorphoses by. Not Sarah Rue. I can't think of her name. Or um, Big Love. There's there's some contemporary plays that high school theaters love to do. And it's because these playwrights are like, yeah, it's free. You can go ahead and use it. There is so... there. Oh, there's actually like a whole thing about like rights for shows. Like growing up, was it ever like, oh, wow, like nine high schools are all doing Bat Boy the Musical right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that season, Bat Boy the Musical was cheaper because fucking Samuel French or Rodgers and Hammerstein right. or like whatever the, the the copywriting the two monopolies that own all script printing uh, pretty much yeah. yeah no so they like routinely these productions these books will like have like a little bit of a discount um same with why like 
You won't see too many high schools or colleges do Little Shop unless they have a big budget because the set of Little Shop of Horrors is also copywritten. So when you buy the rights to do a production of Little Shop, you're also buying the rights to the specs for that script, especially Audrey 2. So like Audrey 2, the plant in Little Shop is always going to look like that because that is part of what you're buying. And that's why it's ultimately expensive to do. That's mm. so wild. That's a silly. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, I would love an interpretation of Little Shop of Horrors where it's just like a dude or something like that. Like it, I don't know. <laughs> like no, no, there, no. There, I, there is a, there is a lot of why high schools do the shows that they do, why theaters do the shows that they do, and it is almost always budget and it is almost always copyright reasons. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's I also why Shakespeare in the because... Park is free. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought it was because like high school actors don't have any experience in their life, but for the most part, theater kids have experience putting on a play, so it's about something they have experienced, you know, and they can like just play with that a little bit more. Totally. Yeah, but it's and funny, every... has mayhem, it's sure. a little sexy. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, this is this is like theater dessert because as we know from film even like everyone loves to do the thing that's like oh it's about us yeah mm -hmm. even the oscars this is us. it's like a meme right yeah oscars love to give awards to la la land and, oh films you know, about how the magic of film the yeah. artist right. the yes. artist dude that yeah. that's the most egregious to me everyone forgot that movie existed a second it's later it's not a good movie yeah no but you know Whatever. Yeah, but I, mean, I actually anyway, think this would be a, a challenging one for a high school only because imagine messing up a cue or line it's on stage yeah. in this. It really would disrupt everything. Like, because it, you'd immediately become bewildered and befuddled because you're in the sequence of pretending to mess up. And what if you really right. mess up? Because when it works, it, it's magic, right? Yeah. When it works, it's actually like you can get a group of people excited about high school theater, which is, that's a hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, I don't know any high school that's done this show. I'm sure they do it, but yeah. I, I never saw it in high school. Yeah, we, yeah, I had, I had, we, we did it. We also, I was thinking about what you were saying about like, how scripts were kind of like someone would be like, all right, these are the scripts that everyone's going to do. I mean, just about. The next three years. I remember the one that, like followed me was the Laramie project. <laughs> like, oh yeah. That yeah. was, that that was done during yeah. our era. That was done like 800 times by every school. Yeah. I also <laughs> think that is a show that is also, it's like that and like vagina monologues are kind of cheap to yeah. do. Cause there's yeah. no That's set. True. If I recall for Laramie project, like, I mean, there's like the fence. Yeah. It's kind of, um, yeah. but it's not it's, like, you don't have to like this. You have to build the set. And when it's done professionally, yeah, it's, um, Every time I've seen it, it's been on a turntable, too. Yeah, it uh, wow. almost has to be in a way because there's not enough space to create two to sets. break down and rebuild backgrounds yeah. and then fly one in and fly one out. So wait, how do they break. do this in high school? I mean, are these just like really wealthy high schools that have crazy budgets? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think that it can be done fairly cheaply if you just use, you know, the flats. I saw effect. it at a rival high school and I believe what they did is just change some dressing on the set without mm. turning it. So it feels like backstage now, but it, without changing the set at all. I think I went to the, uh, I went to the rich high school cause we had a road. We, they it rotated it. They, yeah. in fact, they made a big deal of it or like, look at our rotating. Look at our yeah. Cause that cost oh, them tens of thousands of dollars. Damn. They got, we got money over here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really blown away. Like you're kind of blowing my mind. That is, I've never seen a rotating stage Hell on yeah. a high school stage. We have noises off money, baby. Damn. Um, anyway, that's not a brag yeah. that I should do. No, I mean, <laughs> that's just impressive. Wealthy. Someone's donating some good money or I don't know. It's definitely designed for theater. But there's elements that I thought like Bogdanovich did that I was like, wow, this is actually improvement over what, how I think that the, you would watch it in a play. Like, he's a very light hand. He films it like a play in a lot of ways. Yeah. Sometimes he films, like, overs when it's needed, but he plays most things in, like, two or three shots, which yeah. if you're just in a, you're an audience member, you focus on where the action it's is. It's very and, lightly directed. 
Yeah, and but then there's like great stuff that it's like almost like a better version because like he plays with foreground and background, like a row of people on the top floor, camera low angle, another scene in front, like foreground on the bottom floor. You can't get that angle for a, you know, uh, for, for a play like this. And it didn't feel out of place. And I think that that's hard to do. And it has to do with like, you know. Yeah. It's just how, how and he adds little smart stuff. of a director. Like there's a shot, there's one shot at a particular point that shows a security guard backstage just shaking their head at how. It, and I imagine that's not in the play because why would you just have that one guy there to shake his head? Yeah, you know, sometimes when you're watching a film that is an adaptation of a play, it's very obvious because you're like, hmm, we've been in the same room now for 45 minutes and we've had the same two camera angles this entire time. And what mm. was nice about this was like, I, I made the note that like, because I'm familiar with the play and I know this is a play, it's easier for me to appreciate like, this is great camera choreography. The little pieces that he gives us of like outside the theater, even that guy running to get the flowers and running in and out of the theater door, mm. Um, the long, they had this one shot in, I'm calling it the second act because that's what it is in the movie. But when they're backstage and they have that one woman running to the dressing rooms and back and you can see her running down a long hallway. It's like these little payoff moments you couldn't get on stage because on stage you only have like 40 feet of like North and South that you could really reasonably work with. with. So like filling the entire space, even just like cutting to the audience, watching the play a few times. Nice little touches, but yeah, not over-directed. Yeah. And then actually filler material. Uh, There is some extra material with basically Michael Caine talking about how the show's going to be shit. Is there a problem with your seat? Yeah, it's facing the stage. There's... Yeah, there's several embellishments that I thought were really funny, like his narrate, all of his narration. Definitely. Uh, can we talk about like the ending? Because the ending is different from the play is different. The play goes full farce and it's like, I mean, it's kind of a tragedy, the ending. You know, it's just like, ah, well, fuck it. Whereas this one is, hey, it, like they figured it out and it had a great run and he took uh, credit for it basically even though he did nothing because he's a terrible director uh, and that ending man I laughed out loud to this ending because I was just like it is so over the top of and then she was there and she was happy yeah, and then yeah. he was there and he was happy it almost there's a moment where, <laughs> where he almost like says like and there's one more thing that I didn't tell you folks, because uh, he's talking directly to care, K- K- or he's talking directly through narration at this point, and he reveals that he has like a wedding ring, and he's like, "I got married, uh, I got married." With yeah, Poppy the, they really uh, made that whole like the Poppy pregnancy. I've never seen any production of this make such a meal. And the fact that she's a bump is also like, okay, wow, we're really watching a film. They, uh, God yeah. bless them, they really made an ending. To this, whereas I think when you see this on stage, like curtain falls and then you just know it's over. Well, I think the final offer in the play is that the actors have to pull the curtain down themselves. I mean, that sounds like that's how you end it, right? Yeah. Although I like that in the movie version, you can see the guy who's supposed to be pulling the curtain down get hoisted up. I don't know if you could see that in the play version. Mm. No. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I actually... Yeah, I guess curtain can fall or not. I've seen a I've I've seen this where they just black out. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's over. At the key moment. Because at this point, you've been watching a play now for nearly two hours. So let's everyone get out. Mm-hmm. Go home, man. The uh, I really love the moment where Michael Caine tries to step in as the burglar because he thinks that the guy who plays the burglar isn't going to get his cue, but then he does get his cue, and then his understudy also comes in, and there's three burglars speaking in unison. That's a classic. <laughs> it's just a great escalation. Uh, I laughed out loud at, I was looking at like different different researches for this, uh, different sites like Wikipedia will give you sometimes the best kind of, announcement of what the thing you're watching is mm-hmm. and uh 
This is directly from the Wikipedia. Much of the comedy emerges from the subtle variations in each version as the character flaws play off each other off stage to undermine the onstage performance. It's just so funny to me when like you have to explain to someone how what's funny about like something like noises off, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's, you see, it's the contrast. It's a contrast. Hey, There's that's our job. Dissonance. That's what we do. <laughs> I know. I know. As we do it, it's just funny to me that when you read it, you go like, oh, <laughs> that's 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 hard to swallow. <laughs> yeah. That's why we do it conversationally. It that's obfuscates what we're doing much better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of the props and the math. The, I think, yeah, that's one of the brilliance parts of this is that every prop is meticulously tracked. And by the third act, I think it's a hundred percent. Every prop that should be there is gone. And every prop that should be gone is there. Like it's a hundred percent reversal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the tetracize, the screenplay, you know, like everything Mm -hmm. that gets undone gets done everything that gets done gets undone and the phone crams into john ritter's crotch which you gotta love you gotta love that man can i but like so i was trying to say like they're all unhinged but mm-hmm. i think john ritter is the most unhinged in yeah that he too. is on he's gonna one. kill christopher reeve oh yeah you mean backstage he's violent yeah, yeah. he he doesn't he lift an axe at one point yeah, he lifts an axe and almost any chop. But that's actually no. It's Carol Burnett who uh, cuts off uh, the, the tie, tie of John Ritter. Right. Yeah. So it's like people are. There's multiple swings back there. It is also crazy how much it, it's it's funny because it's like on the one hand they obviously still care that they are acting in a play because they still manage to get on stage and say their lines and do their best. And yet when they, they're sabotaging the other actors, it's like, you're making the play bad. <laughs> like, yes, this is like the classic actors people of like, you look good, but no one else on stage looks good. And in some cases, like they're not able, like when they tie John Ritter's shoes together, tying the <laughs> curtains together and stuff like that, <clears throat> it's like, <laughs> great you come off looking amazing but you know the rest of this play looks like shit right to the audience like yeah. it's it's horrible yeah I'll be, I'll be honest i couldn't always track why the people backstage hated each other or who hated who i think like, this is clearer on stage than it is on a film like this mm. personally like when they tied John Ritter's shoes, I'm like, why is it that person? Why do they hate John Ritter? Yeah, I can't remember. Do they break it out more? Do they have? Because, um, it's, like- it's because like the big joke is that like everyone's sleeping with everyone. And I guess mm-hmm. he and I think he and Carol Burnett are together in this. And he saw yeah. Carol Burnett, Burnett. I can't say this name for some reason today. Sorry, Carol Burnett. Um, mm-hmm. And Legend. Christopher Reeve were having a moment. And Ritter saw that. And yeah. then... Uh, I don't know, chaos ensues. And gotcha. then, of course, Michael Caine with uh, with Vicky or Brooke. And then also and then Poppy. with Poppy. Yeah. yeah, so there's... So it's basically everyone but Selston. <laughs> the the, the Dylan drunk. Elliot. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Who, interesting tidbit, Michael Caine would only agree to do this film if that guy plays Selston. That's funny. Yeah, I read... I think it was um, his last performance right yeah he was dying of aids at the time and michael kane was like i want to do one more thing with this guy before he goes pretty sweet that's pretty sweet shout out i mean not the dying of aids Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no that's that's what i was referring to yeah (laughs) yeah you're a monster man uh this movie bombed too oh did it yeah i didn't know about that in 1992 yeah it went 12 million dollars of budget for two million dollars box office I can't imagine this really brings... You have to, I think, already know the play before you see this movie. I was thinking that, too. Like, if I didn't know anything about Noises Off prior to watching this, like, how involved could I get? And I think what also helps is seeing this on stage versus seeing this on film is that, like... Because the key to watching Noises Off, don't concern yourself with the play within the play. Nothing on, like... 
because it kind of doesn't matter. You need to pay attention in terms of like you're familiar with the beats. But if you're trying to follow the characters and tracking what they're doing in nothing on, you are going to be so lost in act two and act three where it's like, yeah, that shit kind of doesn't matter as much as the real actors in the what we know is with the play we're watching noises off. Yeah. Even saying this, I feel like is confusing. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I mean, I know I exist. It's, it's great. Why I exist the repetition because it gives something, the audience to be like, Oh, this is not going well because it's not go well yeah. before. Yeah. You're um, teaching them or systems like, so you can break yeah. them. Yeah. Like yes. when Christopher Reeve says, Oh my God off stage in act two yeah and it's i like, love oh, wait he actually said something <laughs> out loud but succeeds. that's exactly the line that was supposed to be said at the time so it's fine and it plays and you know it plays well because we saw it happen in act one but even now i feel like it's so much easier to enjoy the show when it is on stage because we can say oh that happened in act one and we know it's happening in act two versus watching this that. film i just thought because i've got some friends that they did not They've seen like three plays and two musicals in their entire life going to the theater. So I was imagining like if I was watching with them, I think I'd have to pause for a few times and be like, okay, so this is the thing. And like, this is why it's funny because you got to remember they're they're technically on stage at this time. And yeah, again, I think for the theater crowd, this is a great film to watch because we love Noises Off and it's great. But if you are just coming this with no prior knowledge of the play Noises Off... It might be a difficult pill to swallow watching the it film. It might seem too light or too fluffy. Like it's not, like it's just a fun trice, you know? And if you <laughs> came to watch an important movie, I think you'd be disappointed. But if you came to watch a comedy, I don't know. It reminds me a lot of Clue. It's got Clue vibes and people it's love that. Clue vibes. Or did Clue bomb too? I know it's a cult classic now, but. Yeah, I don't think it did super well. I I can't recall to be honest, yeah. but mm, I know yeah. it's you know since gotten a uh, cult following that this it's got has respect not... on its name. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean this got this face. this has like underground cred. This has theater cred. You know, hell yeah, and the I mean the cast this. alone well, is cast, definitely right. like yeah, the cast is insane. These are actors, actors. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. yeah, it really does feel that because you have to pull off all the technical stuff. So I mean, it's directed by Peter Bogdanovich. Yeah, say yeah. that's all you need to say. Exactly. I love the games they put on Christopher Reeves, especially like uh, they say that his wife left him this morning. That's such a good offer <laughs> to immediately affect the entire performance. <laughs> yeah, his wife left him this morning. Like the actor, his wife left him this morning, so he has a motivation from God. And then they do the rule where if there's any violence, he gets a nosebleed. And that's just like magically true 100% of the time. Yeah. So you have yeah. these mathematical rules that he's always going to get a nosebleed if there's ever any violence. Yeah, there's. Um, yeah. And I love that. Once again, it's the system building with like they do it off screen later. You know, like you've seen it so yeah. many times that at one point. You know something violent must have happened because, because he's doing he walks the in with a nosebleed. So yeah. you reverse it. And that's what this is full of, and that's why it's a joy to watch. There's a lot of things that I would call are like the bread and butter. One of my favorite ones in this one is what they do with um with Vicky, because she's constantly not paying attention to what everyone else is talking about. You know, like this this uh play, this movie has like a lot of emphasis on multiple focuses. Is Vicky the one that John Ritter is trying to get into bed? Yes. Okay. And it's like not having a character not paying attention and then as like a button uh, as a part of the conversation is like, uh, what? Like, what What did you just, what were you talking about? Is a good way to make it seem like it's not the only thing in the room. So you as the audience member, there's an implication of a larger world just because the thing that was seemingly the most focused thing, the conversation, it wasn't relevant to someone on stage. And I, and that feels so old school. Like, it's like so very, you know, like Brighton Beach memoirs kind of style, mm. but it's still in use today. Like, Go and watch like the Softy Brothers. Think of all the times in Uncut Gems that they do exactly that. But for that movie, it's all about like overstimulus. But yeah. here it's just to show that everyone's kind of aloof or self-absorbed. Like it's so crazy how we use the same tactics, but like the 
we just add like oh but let's give it an edge <laughs> but it's yeah. still the same old game from yeah. 19 fucking oh totally and in this there's like uh so ritter's lines always trail off he never finishes his lines and then several characters have repetition lines over and over there's the woman with the contact lens who only asks questions it's like yeah. she's playing that improv game questions only why mm-hmm. who what would <laughs> right and it Reminded me of certain Coen Brothers movies like Raising Arizona and Oh Brother. Uh, and yet I would call those movies very different than this movie. But it's patter, right? It's banter. Yeah. The banter overlaps. There's a core thing about patter that we all love. Yeah. And it makes it seem impressive. Kind of like what Sarah was, was, was saying. It's almost like it's for the actor. The spirit but, of vaudeville is still alive in quick oh, talking. Yes. Preston but it's Sturgis. Char- it is, there is a charm, but it's also the kind of charm that like someone who doesn't give a shit about theater or about movies is also like, all right. <laughs> you know, I guess. Like, but then cool, like <laughs> Gilmore Girls has it. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying. The idea of talking quick and having very specific banter with repetitious phrases, I think it will always be with us in different forms. I think any writer, because it's a a writer is making it. So like, yeah, it has to be written. They they fall in love with good writing, right? Yes, but it's a specific kind of good writing. I would not call that the only kind of good writing right oh well yeah but i mean i'm just saying that they, like if they're doing a screenplay you know then mm-hmm. they're looking at other screenplays and such but mm. it is funny that through time we just keep using the same games this is a very effective game uh yeah. i definitely put myself not on the oscar side of like oh movies i love movies 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 uh but at the same time this does work on me, so I'm somewhere on the spectrum of like, yeah, I, I like a good theater joke, I guess. <laughs> but a, you mean, if you had seen this play, technically it's a play about a play, which you kind of do jerk off motion to sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. yeah, but the the joke is on the theater because like ultimately we're laughing at these actors for being at like even like the through joke that like all these actors are sleeping with each other and there's these love triangles and the director is sleeping with like three women in this cast and blah, blah, blah. Like the joke is on us. And when I say us, like the theater people. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. That's so it's less La La Land and more in jokes about. Yeah. Which was true. All the theater kids in my school were the horniest kids. Is that true for you, Sarah? Uh, no, <laughs> no, actually I would say no, but there I wasn't a lot to- of drama. Well, I went to a performing arts school, so it's like a little for like we didn't have we didn't have sports. So like Mm. it was the theater kids. It was the music kids. It was the jazz kids. It was the dancers. It was the art like all all of our genres of student at my school were still in the arts. So I don't know. It's just kind of hard to. You had fucking jazz kids? That's so sick. Oh, well, our music department is like 50%. (laughs) And so like within music, you could do... Oh, I mean, our jazz group is actually fucking amazing. Jazz was amazing. We have mariachi. We have magical singers, opera. You could just be like a pure instrumentalist and orchestra. Dude. No, it's it's very... To be like, like, what kind of kid were you in high school? I was an opera kid. (laughs) They were all just lumped into theater (laughs) where I went. But that's well, and then dope, even though. within theater, like people are sometimes shocked to hear I've done two musicals in my whole life, and that's because my college program they didn't have damn near anybody who could sing. Work the fuck. I did. I never studied musical theater. I only did plays. Yeah, yeah, same. And so sometimes people I was like, in a chorus oh. once. Musical. It's like, oh, come on, you I know, like, one. like sometimes people give me a big song to sing in karaoke because, like, come on, theater kid. I'm like, I didn't fucking study musical theater. I'm yeah. not a, do you think well, I am a soprano? Me. Whenever I tell anyone like dentist or doctor or someone who asks what you do, I say I'm a comedy writer. They say, say, say a sentence. Say something funny. Say yeah. Right or tell us a joke. Yeah. Hate it. Hate it. That's why I always answer that question with I'm a con man. Because <laughs> <laughs> then they're not going to want you to do it. They don't want to be conned. That's a little joke for everybody. That's a little joke from Abe to you. We like to joke here. Mm hmm. I love when Christopher Funny. Reeves has his pants off and says, 
I can see that you have sardines, so I'll be going. Like it <laughs> yeah. becomes an abstraction. The elements become abstracted. Yeah. These I are two how... parts of the play that don't belong together. I also love that there's a there's a subtle dig. Uh, I I think there's a subtle dig on generals. Uh, in as soon as shit starts falling apart, the two dudes in the play are fucking useless. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the women, like all three of them, like power through it. You know, like they're oh, like, Poppy no, we're doing this fucking play. Poppy jumps in and plays characters and does whatever she needs to do. Poppy's yeah, great, but actually, backstage. you know who is like actually carrying this whole show is Belinda Blair, Mary Lou yeah, Henner. She's she's really the one that is running point on everything because she's the one that's got to hustle from backstage to onstage to the dressing room and here and there to make sure everyone is where they're supposed to be. She does seem to be the kind of like she like feels like the assistant director, the true assistant director. Like, I got to hand you that. I got to do that. I got to make sure everyone's yes. on their queue yeah. uh, while everyone's doing their outrageous slapstick comedy. Uh, my favorite being the drunk Selsden. Uh, the burglar who just can't like I've never seen I know it's farce but at times it like reaches and grasps for real life like it's having a human moment and laughing about it and other times he is just a cartoon character who cannot stop trying to get that that bottle of whiskey they it's play so like ridiculous. three card Monty with all of those prop bottles of yeah it's like awesome. all of his little bottles of whiskey, which I was also thinking, you know, again, this is what I'm talking about. Oh, this seems like, oh, yes, our, we would love to do this at our school. We'd love to do this at our company, blah, 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 blah. Dude, the prop track, because like, okay, outside of the Ugh. play within the play, Ugh, the, the actual tracking yeah, these table props. must be insane. Being the prop master on the show has got to be a son of a bitch. Being the direct, being the costumer's guy, this has got to be an easy fucking show to put together. Right, and then like all the quote unquote quick changes go badly. So like you, like there's no pressure on you to actually do anything right. But there are so many <laughs> jokes about the props, and then like the thing is, the jokes are the props aren't where they're supposed to be. But in the real life version of a production of this, you as a prop master knew you. You really fucking need to know where the props are. Yeah, yeah they need to be so exactly where they need to be. Because and there's like the joke within the joke. And how many also... plates of sardines do you have set up on the prop table? It's yeah, got to be what's four the or five. Number? Yeah. God, how many days did they film? Because like I was also thinking like this has got to be so annoying to film this. And then I mean all these all these actors have theater background. I'm sure they were doing these things in like two to three takes, if that. There were some sequences that I was like, this has got to be one it's like guys we got to do this once this cannot be done again because i can't imagine doing some of these scenes multiple times and then coming in the next day and then ugh, yeah i yeah falling down the stairs and shit yeah i was gonna say ritter ritter falling down the stairs i wonder how many times that or i pray to god they i i pray they film this sequentially like I, I pray to God it wasn't like okay we're gonna do this this day and then all the way back at the end play we're doing this tomorrow i like uh Again, just yeah, a production I mean, for all the nightmare. That we, yeah, for all the things we say about like film versus theater and like how film, I don't know. In this house, we think I think film is a superior medium just because I'm here. We arrogant, go, Doctor Movies. Like but I thought that there's like it is much more impressive to have it choreographed in theater this play because. They could just get the good shot and then move on. That's true. I didn't think about it while watching, but it is kind of more like a magic trick when you see it live, right? There's no right. way to cheat. Yeah. There's no oh, way to cheat. Oh, this is 100% a be. better experience in the theater than on the screen. That said, this was a very good adaptation. Right, because you get the perfect take of everything, and so all the timing is so precise. But like, if you see a good performance of Noises Off where they're that precise... And it's all done live. Like, you can't beat that. It feels right? like you're you watching just... Cirque du Soleil or something. Right. Yeah. It, exactly that. Uh, yeah. But there are some things that, like, I love in the film. Like, Act 3, I guess. the When they're, it's really, uh, you know, they're doing improv and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, like, the audience is like, I'm not sure if this is a joke or whatnot. Right. There's stuff that Bogdanovich does that is, like, pretty awesome, I thought. Uh, talking about his, like, light hand. You know, like, did you guys notice that he would sometimes in the act three include audience members in the foreground? Like he's 
put the camera into the uh, audience itself. Yeah. Like, no, shooting I barely it, shooting that. Uh, at a little bit more distant. I think it's like so crucial to making it feel like it's falling apart in a way that like, I like, don't know. Oh like, God, they're watching. Oh God, they're seeing Oh God, this. it's horrifying. Yeah. yeah. It's no longer like a three camera sitcom. Like it's set up. It's like being a fly in the wall and you really feel the pain of like, this is horrible and they're not responding. That's nice touch. You can't get that in film or, or you can't get that in theater. Um, but for I had all a- that, you can get so many other things in theater. I had a good laugh when they said um, at the beginning of Act Two, which is the behind the scenes. They're in Miami, I think, in the movie for this, and they say like, "How's the house?" It's like it's pretty good, you know. I mean, for a matinee, and like that's funny in and of itself. But then they show Michael Caine taking his seat in the audience, and it really does look like a matinee. <laughs> and I did think like, <laughs> I mean, that is a pretty good showing for a matinee, where it's like three people sitting together, nine empty seats, one person. Empty seats. Right. Two people maybe together. Uh, an old person falling asleep. It's like I was gonna I, say, old person sleeping at the front. Yeah. And again, like just That's a little funny. thing, like it's a matinee in Miami, and like the whole crowd is elderly. That is very funny. <laughs> yeah. Funny because it's true. Yeah. Funny because it's true. Yeah. Um, are you guys familiar <laughs> with this uh, new play? It's called the play that goes wrong. No, that sounds a lot like this, though. <laughs> yes, it is very noises off. It's this group of people. I think they call themselves the disaster artist. Um, it's noises off. You don't get to see the backstage. Instead, these people are stuntmen. So the scenery itself is falling apart. And so mm. um, they they I think they have a, now they do like Peter Pan. And the gag is that like the wires are all fucked up. Oh, anyway, interesting. Yeah. So the bit is that it's just it's having technical problems, right? Deconstruction so, yeah, so it's of like it's like apparatus. noise yeah. is off in that you are watching actors in real time who they're all bad actors and the play sucks. And then on top of everything else, the set is falling apart. So they have to make these adjustments here and there. And then you're also watching like a stunt performance. So like mm. in the play that goes wrong, at one point a balcony collapses and an actor on stage in real time falls from a second story onto the first and like continues wow. to act. No crash pad, just raw fucking theater floor. Um, that's kind of like the 2000s version of Noises Off where it's like, okay, we've taken this and now we're going to escalate. It's going to become like much more physical. It so sounds it's so, like jackass. <laughs> just jump yeah, off this balcony. I mean, it, yeah. it, because you mentioned Cirque and that actually to me reminded me of Cirque where it's like, wow, we just have human beings like just throwing themselves all over the stage, doing it effortlessly, and also doing it within the context of farce. Um, anyway, that's my plug. If if it's playing near you, go check it out. It's pretty good. Hell yeah. I do really like the idea of like John Ritter going like, I'm John Ritter, and this is Noises Off, and then he just jumps off a balcony. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Snaps his neck, and everyone yeah, claps and laughs. Yeah, I love that there's two moments where everyone thinks that at one point one of the actors could be dead (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know because from the first time we see it from the back so we see he john ritter falls down the stairs and they're like wait and he actually he's you he's saying the lines but the lines can also be like call the police call the police you know like uh and then the other time is with christopher reeve who's off screen uh, and we, and something, a sound happens and everyone goes like, oh shit, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And then they freak out because all the people who are on, who are on stage at this point are like trying to check in with it. Like there's so many good games with that. We could, we could keep listing them, you know, like yeah. for, like for John like Ritter's, two hours. <laughs> and by the time we hit act three, John Ritter's sexual innuendo lines are now mixed metaphors. So right. Like, he's he's instead of we better get it in or we better do it. He'll say like we better do it in. So every game escalates. It's almost like a UCB rule, a herald, where you invent a game and then Act Two you escalate it, Act Three you escalate it, and then you're out. Uh, right. They always complicate it one step further, and you have to track that. Or you don't have to, but the more you track it, the more jokes there are. Right, but it's so atomic, you know, and and yeah. I mean that in the sense of like the words themselves have to be like improved, the phrase itself has to be improved, and the, the physical bullshit, and the paragraph. It's like 
it's layers within layers of games. Um, and that is something, I don't know. I don't want to be the guy who's like, we don't make them like we used to, but like, I don't see that as often as our main source of, you know, like yeah. popular arrested me- development is, is the last place I've seen it. Very mm. similar feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. Mathematical joke. Math- the mathematical approach to comedy, which is, mm-hmm. you know, for, <laughs> for these two guys, at least I can't speak for Sarah, but these two guys, that's what we like. You know? Yeah. I like that. And then Judd Apatow came along and sort of changed it, uh, yeah. into a more casual conversational you know, and Kevin Smith, like, yeah, we've we've just become more conversational, less mathematical. I've heard that that's attributed to groundlings because there's like so many schools, but like, you know, UCB preaches the game and then groundlings, I think, is all character based, character. right? Yeah. Just, just be a character. So it's like the Will yeah. Ferrell, like, what if I'm an absurd person? Or even all the all way the comedy to it comes from that. I think you should leave is not mathematical. It's no get the character and have that character just batter at the audience. <laughs> yeah. And just be a, a, like an undeniably hilarious performance. Yeah. Uh, and they're both work. I mean, there's no right answer, but it's just it's true that like the Apatow, the, like what you're pointing out, it's almost like it's just different schools taking over. Yeah. Which is yeah. why I do like. A farce. I do enjoy. I think farce to me is always going to be better served live and in person. Um, I don't know something about this. This again is a good adaptation. I was on board. These are some. I mean, Carol fucking Burnett starts the film. I'm in safe hands. I trust the son there. But yeah, like it really tightly to me. It's like music. Like if you you don't have to know shit all about Mozart, but if you were listening to a symphony and one of the instruments played the wrong note at the wrong time, you would fucking know. You know, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, while it, to right. the audience it just seems like a cohesive, fluid piece, of course, on the sheet, it is something that is very, very specific, very mathematical. So when we're talking about farce, when we're seeing these kind of like really tight, joke a minute, gag a minute, gags that come back jokes that run throughout the show and then the one-liners like it's just very specific i enjoy when that's well done of course because obviously nothing and i mean nothing is more horrible than seeing comedy that is not done well which is why i say this is a play oh people love to do but i'm like okay but do you have the director for this do you have the cast the stage Do manager you, for this. Yeah, the prop I, master. Yeah, for this. like you, it's got to be like all hands on deck. And I did make a thing about like the set is also expensive. I guess you could do a version of this where the set doesn't have to be expensive, but the jokes have got to be tight. They've got to be timed. They've got to be well done. And when it is done, God damn, it's my, because I'm like, it's like sports. I'm like watching it like, yes, yes, you're doing it. Yes, that was so good. They're yes, that was so tight. It. Yes, awesome. Totally it was agree. perfect. Yes, let's go. Dude, I want to just follow you to productions of Noises Off where you just lay into the people for any time they screw up. Uh, Honestly, it almost feels like high schoolers shouldn't be trusted with Noises Off. They shouldn't be trusted with Noises Off. I I do think it can't be done because I have seen, even as an adult, I have seen some high school productions and I'm like, God damn, like four of y'all are really going to get a lot of scholarship money and go to Michigan and go to... Carnegie Mellon and like all these excellent theater schools, like 100%. But wow. Like there's, there's a few roles in this that you could probably put some bum half-ass actors in there, but like this is a play for people that can do plays. The director, Don't put your the director fucking... is the technically easiest role. You could probably. just have a normal guy do that. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at like, Tim, the stage manager, like there's a few you could probably phone in. Yeah. But Tim. yeah, this Tim's is this is the thing. Yada, like yada. not to get into this, but like so many educational theater programs do cater more closely to musicals, which I understand why. And I I love musicals, so like all well and good. This is not the show that you can put like your top soprano in and like, well, she's the lead in all the other things. It's like but is she funny? Mm-hmm. Can quick. she do the jokes? Yeah. Does she have because, yeah. the internal comedic clock? Which, frankly, that is something that I don't think... I don't want to judge all teenagers doing theater, 
But you got to be born with that internal clock to do something like this. And when your casting pool is 17 people, you might not find the six that you really need to do this. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's definitely, there's, it's definitely like something that at any, at any particular time in this script, one person, it's like a one man show because everyone has their moment where everything's going wrong and they're the only one on stage and they have to kind of vamp. Uh, and they, they each kind of take their comedy from different aspects of that. And that means that you have to have incredibly, incredible comedic actors, uh, kind of running that show. And good actors, because part of the joke is that these actors are bad, right? And yeah. like that's hard. So you play, if you're yeah. if you're a bad actor, just anyway, now you're putting on that you're also a bad actor, which is like, yeah, girl, you were a bad actor before you started doing this play. It's really it easy hard. to dig yourself I, into a hole. Yeah, yeah. I I actually made a note that like actually kind of underrated skill is to be an actor playing an actor because like the backstage stuff okay that's all well and good but when you're playing an actor playing a role and you need to differentiate the two it's subtle but if you don't have that nuance within you or a good director to guide that that can also get really messy because then it's like so what's the difference between um nothing on and noises off Mm -hmm. yeah I love that they're it's interesting that they they're they're taking digs like most of the um, show is like we were talking about how it's making fun of theater people like the idea that the play nothing on that they're doing within the play noises off is that it's schlock you know it's like oh it's mostly to see it's kind like of dinner theater people in s- silly yeah. circumstances Um Yet, at the same time, we have these shots at the beginning, especially in Act 1, where things are going r- wrong, but they're still in the rehearsal, so it, everything's, like, fine. Uh, where it just cuts to Michael Caine, and he's just smiling, and it's that, at at those moments, I felt like I was watching the artist a little bit. Because it was like, ah, oh, yes, theater, <laughs> you know? Like, the, the, it's working. The play is working. It's, ah, oh, it's such a beautiful thing to behold. Uh, and that's funny to me. <laughs> So liking theater is funny to you. Appreciating liking theater, theater seems dumb to you. You know, like having your cake and eating it too. That's all no. I'm saying. I'm not saying it's the worst. I'm just saying they're saying like, yeah, fuck the theater. The theater sucks. But also, God, I love the theater. It's funny to have those back to back. I don't know. Well, Dr. Movies. I mean, the pl- this. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say like, I mean, this play within itself, like um, writing noises off the playwright. He had done, let me, the, the guy's name is Michael Fran. Fran. Cool name. Fran. Fran. Love it. He's written farces prior. And I think if I recall correctly, like the origin of this was that he was just backstage during a show and like all this bullshit was happening unbeknownst to the audience out front. And he was like, wait, this is actually more compelling this is the show. than the mediocre. No, truly mm. like. This is way more compelling than the mediocre schlock that's happening right now that the audience is falling asleep during. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it it is it is equal parts like get a, get a load of this shit, but also like I couldn't do this anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm reading it right now. The two of us. He wrote a play and saw it performing, and then it was like this is nonsense. <laughs> you know, like the thing I'm doing. It's it's sillier to do the thing, and he was right about that. The meta comedy, the metaphor elevates is, it so much. Like, yeah, it's, it it it's longer standing. We we we're still saying and it's its name, yeah you know? ones that don't break the fourth wall that are just like dinner theater farces. I really look down upon. <laughs> like I don't think they're good. <laughs> so noises off is is the one that snuck by. So now I was gonna say Doctor Movies is shitting on plays. Now I'm kind of shitting on plays generally. So I think it's time to wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> before we alienate Jane. Thank you, Jane, for picking noises off. Thank you, Sarah, for joining us to talk about it. This has been delightful. For the record, I think theater is better than film. Good. Say we that print and put cut. Yeah. I just want to be the voice here. You know, <laughs> print and cut film terms. By the way. <laughs> yeah. Lights, camera, okay, action. I think theater is better than film. Curtain. Curtain. There you go. Fair and enough. scene. Fair and that's the, yeah, and scene. I don't know, man. Teach their own. And teach, you know, 
they're Jane, I guess. Jane, good job. Good job. This is a great pick. And you know what? If we had, let me just let me just say, if we had better arts education in this country, I think people would understand that actually going to the theater fucking rocks. And I think we should do it more often. So yeah, the live aspect piece. is magical in a way that film can't reproduce. Even going to see like improv or stand up or any live performance, like, come on. Yeah, there's come a, on. an energy to it, but there aren't giant CG spiders fighting Batman. It's so true. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess there could be. Did you see that? High, it was like a junior high production of Aliens with the full on mech suit and stuff yeah. yeah i thought that rocked That's actually good. that that really fucking yeah. rocks well the pics i saw looked good <laughs> yeah the pics i saw on my computer on screen, my movie on where my, I movie watch my movies yeah all right let's go <laughs> <laughs> this has been Frame. Rate. I'm sorry. we're out I'm sorry.